Hello and welcome to the Race FF Podcast. I am your host, Jaime Garcia, and today, guys, you know, there's just this unique kind of personality that decides to waste so much money and become a enthusiast level uh, road racer. And I don't know why, but I have yet to meet a road racer that you know, has built his car up, has turned wrenches on his own car that I haven't gotten along with. And continuing with this um, just narrative of uh, road racers and someone whose car I actually thought was really cool looking and I've always enjoyed uh, the four-door EKs um, is uh, Jason Scarborough. And Jason is uh, on with me today. So thank you for coming on. I really appreciate the uh, the love for the car. Four door EK would be considered probably the wrong chassis. Oh yeah, uh, I know, I know. Purists are, are killing me right now. So it's uh, it's not a hatch. It's uh, it's not a coupe. Um, but it was uh, it was six hundred dollars on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about that. Uh, I also got my car from Facebook Marketplace, so I I completely. Yeah, it just really took over uh, Craigslist. Yeah, the um, it's it's almost saddening now. the The market for for Hondas, and even back then when I bought it, I think it was probably four years ago. It's uh, you know, even then it was tough to find a, a good clean chassis. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I wouldn't say I'm I'm a purebred Honda kid. I know you've you've talked to a bunch of folks that have had Honda throughout their life, and yeah, and kind have some some ties to it and i i really i'm not that guy i uh i i kind of but <laughs> i i respected all builds before <laughs> respect all builds was the thing i guess yeah um you know my first car was a jeep um mm-hmm. you know i was in that scene and um you know kind of uh, i got really deep into volkswagens for a while and mm-hmm. you know I had had aspirations to go drifting and, and bought a, a FCRX7. And Ooh, nice. Really storied, colored kind of past with, uh, you know, a bunch of different cars and, and different builds. And uh, I think kind of the, the one common theme throughout it all was kind of testing myself, um, you know, as far as, you know, my abilities with a, with a wrench and kind of with a vision for kind of a finished product or an overall kind of goal with a vehicle and uh the civic is no different it's um it started off as a you know a, a means to go autocrossing mm. which i thought i was gonna really enjoy and absolutely hated it <laughs> <laughs> oh we've touched base on autocrossing i mean it's it's dope but you know it's just i don't know mm. it yeah it's uh i think they suck you in with the 45 dollars so it's yes much- Yes, and, yes, they do. And then about, you know, six hours into your eight-hour day of, of shagging cones or running grid and having to yell at people in helmets, um, you get to drive for probably 10 minutes, and it's over so fast, you're like, okay, that that's it. Um, and uh, so that was kind of my experience with autocross, and uh, it, it left a lot to be desired, but it definitely kind of sparked the fire a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, with, you know, performance driving and, um, you know, what turned into 
uh, you know, the HPDE ladder with NASA mm-hmm. and you know, now fulfilling kind of that, I guess, childhood dream of being a, a race car driver. Um, at least my kids think it's cool. So, you know, that's hey, kind of neat. I, I think it's cool. And, you know, that's that's kind of the reason why I like having uh, other Honda Challenge drivers because, you know, it's um, it, it's even though you're not like necessarily a Honda head and some of the people in the SoCal region, you know, they started off with different cars. And I think a, a big group of them actually came from Vipers. And um, yeah, it, it's just once you go out on track and you realize how little you need um, power and, you know, all the things that are kind of like, I, I, I guess kind of pushed on in in terms of like I, I don't know how to say it like just the general um like population of uh, people that think that you need like a high horsepower rear wheel drive car and then you realize oh no this guy in a honda is turning about the same lap times as i am and uh yeah it's this is a uh, pretty dope this is fun oh absolutely yeah i think there's definitely um you know i kind of blame social media a little bit mm-hmm. i feel like um with with some of these builds which are absolutely phenomenal and oh, yeah. you know amazing track machines that you know they they grace the floors at SEMA and um you know littered with carbon fiber and huge wings and crazy splitters and everything else and you know everyone i think feels like you have to you have to have that to to make it on track and and to go out and drive your car and have a good time and that's the farthest thing from the truth um you know the very first track day i did was a a track night in america with um scca scca and it was at carolina motorsports park which is a a super fun track um here in kershaw south carolina so it's only about three hours away from me Mm -hmm. and drove the car up there i had just finished um manual swapping my stock <laughs> uh, otherwise stock d16 y8 um Ooh, so nice. uh, the the car that i race is a it's a 99 honda civic ex um okay and it, you know sunroof power windows power door locks it had mm-hmm. all the all the goodies on it um as it rolled off the the uh, the assembly line but uh, it was an automatic and mm-hmm. I knew the manual conversions weren't too difficult. So that was one of the, the first things that I tried to tackle um, and had just finished doing that. I had some progress CS2 coilovers, which were an amazing starting point um, and stayed with me for quite a while until I felt like I'd progressed enough to, to really justify some, some better suspension um, or at least stiffer springs and better dampers. But um you know, so I showed up to this track event and uh, drove up there by myself, completely solo, didn't know a single person, sat <laughs> my tent in the middle of the paddock and was like, all right, I, I guess this is it. This is this is what we do. And uh, so I went out on track. I had zero expectations. I had no idea what to expect and uh, absolutely had a blast and uh, was immediately hooked and immediately decided I needed more power. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and the I, the single people, cams, I, I I love them, and they're you know there's something about um, just revving the snot out of them and how reliable they can be and how much of a beating they can take. But yeah, it's when everybody starts to pull away and you're flat out, it it does suck. 
it's uh so it's funny um you know we can we'll talk about it i'm sure in a, in a little bit about my the the lemons car um that i helped build and co-own um but uh, that is all very true about the single cam if and only if you have an ex or si gearbox oh um, that's true that is so true <laughs> So mine came from a DX hatch and that's probably the worst. Um, and it, I want to say I did most of CMP in about third, maybe fourth gear. Oh um, boy. Yeah. I think the only worst one would be the HX transmission yeah. that came in, uh, that chassis. Yeah. So it's, uh, <laughs> it was miserable. However, um, throughout that, that day in the sessions, um, you know, one of the, the, there was a group of, Dodge guys there, Mopar guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the guys came over after the second session. And he was like, what is in that car? And uh, I said, dude, it's a, it's a stock motor Civic. And he's like, get out of here. Pop the hood. And uh, <laughs> that's the, the best. He couldn't believe it. Um, and he was like, man, that thing is, you are quick. And I was like, buddy, this is my first practice. I was like, I don't even have a clue as to what I'm doing out there. Now, mind you, I kind of my, my, uh, my mo or, or how i function is i over research everything so i okay. make myself almost an expert before i even try something so um it served me well so far and uh so i had had watched hours of track video at cmp i knew the line i knew where the corner stations were i knew you know i could have read the tech sheet to you you know verbatim um on demand so it's, uh, I was, was almost overprepared for that track, which is fine. It's nice to be that way sometimes, but, mm-hmm. uh, he was absolutely impressed that I was able to, to carry so much speed to the corner. And, you know, going back now, I had no lap timer in the car, no track addicts, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Just YouTube times. I was probably turning to two Oh fives, two tens, um, which on the old surface is still really terrible. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, it was a starting point and, uh, but it was, it, it proved to me that, you know, that you don't need, um, 600 horsepower to go out and have fun and have a good time. I still had a, a huge smile on my face with, you know, every bit of the, uh, the hundred horsepower that, that, that little T16 Y8 was putting out. So. Awesome, man. Awesome. I mean, uh, yeah, we're definitely kindred spirits with the, uh, single, uh, cam life and, you know, um, I kind of wanted to ask you, because I've seen, uh, like, for those that don't know, your Instagram is, um, uh, let me see, I'm, I'm like, right on it right now. <laughs> Soul uh, Search. Soul Search. S-O-L-E yep. Search. Yeah. So, I see that you're, like, when I first saw the graphics that you did, your livery on, on the car, I was like, dude, this is so dope. It's such a, like, a throwback uh kind of 90s feel to it which is like perfect for the for the chassis and then i started looking at the quality of work that you did and i'm not sure did you weld your own cage so i didn't do it and uh the um the person i have to thank for that is uh is ashby mahone um ryan cavanaugh and uh kyle mahone over at round fab okay or i Ashby and Kyle, obviously brothers, um, and Ryan is uh, is kind of Ashby's right hand man and apprentice. Um, Ashby is phenomenal, um, amazing friends, uh, a certified Honda nut. 
Um, he is a certified master technician um, and nice. uh, cared for almost a decade, I think, um, working at a, a local Honda dealership and had been kind of running his own fab shop in his spare time and uh, started to pursue it as a full-time gig um, and, you know, as work allowed. And uh, now he is, I'm, I'm proud to say he is doing absolutely fantastic. He's in his own shop, it's huge space, tons of room for, for fun. He's got all the tools um, he's always dreamed of and he is absolutely killing it. So definitely give uh, Round Fab a follow um, on social media. He is absolutely um amazing with you know what he can do and uh some of his design ideas and and just the quality of work uh the attention to detail um but yeah aside from the cage everything else is uh is me um so you know the car started out completely stock still had the factory radio in it console full of chick-fil-a bus (laughs) (laughs) it was a it was a mess um but you know 600 bucks and uh you know, drove it home, um, you know, from uh, a, a shopping mall parking lot down the road from my house <laughs> and really got to work, cleaned it out. You know, my kids were, were popping out of the sunroof and I still look at that picture all the time and it's come a long way. Um, mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's gone through a couple motors at this point and, um, you know, first tried the D-Series route and then realized it needed to be, you know, a, a B-swap was really what I wanted. Um, and I think I was kind of always chasing, um, you know, you mentioned the nineties and that delivery and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, when I was in high school, uh, I graduated in 2000. So 99, the Civic SI came out, you know, I'd sit oh, through yeah. study hall, flipping pages and sport compact car. Um, and they had that amazing project car where they made, I don't know how much horsepower, um, on a, on an SI and they had the dyno graph down the side of the car and, um, you know, so sport compacts projects, SI was kind of like, I, I want one of these. Mm. Um, I'm, I had a, a Jeep Wrangler. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I think I was always kind of a Honda kid in hiding a little bit. Mm. Um, but I had friends that were, were into it and, you know, I mean, fast and the furious came out in a one and, uh, kind of that import scene just exploded. Oh, and yeah. I, I felt like I, I kind of missed that opportunity a little bit um and uh you know picked up a volkswagen and, and kind of got into it a little bit and um you know was going to school and, and kind of had other other things going on but you know that's kind of where that that livery comes from is uh you know I'm, I'm, a, I'm a 90s kid um you know that's when i you know 80s and 90s kid i was born in 81 so you know growing up that was was kind of like you know it was my, my childhood so that's definitely kind of a nod to that, a nod to uh, kind of the golden era um, chassis, you know, from 92 to 2000 and, and even before that with the EFs. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, all that work on the car um, is me. And if I didn't know how to do something, I'd, I'd research it to death and figure out, you know, what I needed to do. So, you know, painting the interior in July in your two car garage, definitely not advisable. <laughs> well, I'll probably be doing that, so I'll take all the advice you you have on that. Yeah, it's um, it's a project for sure. Uh, you know, it's uh, definitely pull the doors off the car, um, and make sure you've got kind of things the way you want them uh, before you start laying down paint. Um, but I mean, super simple, super budget. 
Um, you know, I don't have anything crazy high dollar on the car. Everything is, mm -hmm. is kind of off the shelf and easy to obtain. Um, you know, the nicest parts I think I have on the car are the, the PCI racing arms, um, okay. and bushings and stuff. But I mean, otherwise everything else is, you know, I've got a second hand set of, uh, PIC coilovers from Ashby over at Roundfab, and, mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, try and you know, beg, borrow and steal some other stuff you know, and picked it up on, on Facebook marketplace or through forums or whatever else. So, but yeah, I mean, painting the interior, um, that was probably the, the single hardest thing I had to do on that car just because of the space. Um, yeah. you know, like six foot two forty. So, uh, I feel kind of big in the car. I always looked big in the car, even when it was, you know, in stock before it had a cage, I looked enormous in that thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, the trying to crawl around in there is just not fun. Uh, you know, with a hatch, it should be a whole heck of a lot easier. Because um, yeah. you can pull stuff apart and take the hatch off, take the doors off, and be able to kind of crawl around in there a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, no, I mean, that that is the plan. I'm planning to kind of keep the same color um, scheme inside of the cartridge because I don't want to repaint the entire interior because that can be a nightmare. Um, but yeah, like, keep it the same color and then um i was thinking brushing brush painting the uh, roll cage because spray painting the roll cage i think would be another nightmare it is um <laughs> it, i i will be completely honest with this you know it, it looks fantastic in photos and everyone you know says it looks amazing but i can show you all the spots where sweat was dripping off my forehead or where I should have started at the top of the car and worked my way down or mm -hmm. noticed that spot and sprayed up above and, you know, got some overspray down below. And so there's dry patches and stuff that's not super glossy, um, you know, but overall, I, I think I, I, I managed to, to do a fairly decent job on it. Um, but spraying is not for the faint of heart. And, uh, you know, if you've got any listeners in, in the Southeast July in a, in a, pretty much unventilated two-car garage <laughs> um with box fans as a, a downdraft system it's uh it was it was a little warm just a little bit so um, hey man I, i'm here in socal and i think it's like probably <laughs> the other day it was like 85 degrees and it's uh november so yeah it, it's gonna <laughs> suck one of these days you'll have to make it to the east coast and i'll introduce you dude. to our uh our friend humil or uh humidity Oh, it's, dude, uh, uh, I'm well, <laughs> well acquainted with them. Um, I met Humidity when I was over in Japan in Kyoto and dealt, dealt with, uh, I was there in the summer, so it was 90 something degrees out and like basically high 90% uh, humidity. So it just felt like I was swimming the whole time. Yes, it is. Uh, imagine racing in that. It oh. is beautiful. Oh. And that's so, why you have that uh, cool box with uh, ice. Uh, what what is that? Uh... Yes. Yeah, so the the cool shirts another kind of DIY creation. Mm -hmm. um, it's I, uh, you know, it uh, Ashby helped me out. He has a, a CNC plasma table, so we got to um, got to try out my drafting skills a little bit. Um, you know, I took a, a three or a modeling or a, a CAD class in high school, mm -hmm. and really love drafting and so this has also been a an awesome opportunity to kind of flex that muscle a little bit um i won't say flex that muscle to uh to build that muscle a little bit how about that yeah. um 
so and uh, you know and pick up another skill um another arrow for the quiver so i uh, you know downloaded a, a trial version of fusion fusion 360 and um learned a little bit about g code and and kind of how to design things and came up with a pretty cool mount that uh, it bolts actually to the floor just above the the fuel tank in that back seat area or what yeah. was the back area and um has a, a mount like a modular mount essentially for uh an angle dry box which is essentially the same thing you're going to get if you go and buy an off-the-shelf system from cool shirt um mm. or there's a couple other brands that make them um but a uh, a little bilge pump off of amazon for 15 bucks and i think i might have maybe a hundred dollars in the cooler um all together with all the fittings and stuff and and everything for the lines and all that um, and then you go buy an off-the-shelf shirt from, uh, you know, your race shop, Discovery Parts uh, is where we get a lot of our stuff in the Southeast. They're great mm-hmm. partners with NASA Southeast. But, you know, any shop that, that sells cool shirts can get you the shirt, and then you just plug it into your system, and it is magical. Um, yeah, because I, I had an issue at my first race where, I mean, my, like, I have essentially a hand-me-down race suit. Um and you know it doesn't breathe as well as uh i mean nomex just doesn't breathe and i remember i was sitting out there and it just got too hot or maybe i got a little claustrophobic or whatever and i just didn't go out i was just like nah it just it was it was too much for yeah for that moment and yeah i don't it, have a cool suit so yeah it definitely is uh it's huge in keeping you comfortable um mm-hmm. so kind of along my journey uh I, I met this awesome guy. He goes by the name of Michael. You might have heard from heard of him. He was the uh, the back to back twenty. Let me see here twenty uh, twenty nineteen and twenty twenty Southeast H two regional champion. Um, <laughs> so uh, Michael is an amazing guy. Um, he I uh, I met Michael after my fourth NASA event um in 2019 and that sunday i'd gone out um in the morning for the first session uh running in in de2 um for i think for the first time uh first or second time with nasa and uh was just felt good car felt good nice cool spring morning in uh you know in in lovely uh savannah outside savannah georgia roland road raceway and was just absolutely ripping had a blast and came out of turn four and uh, at about 7500 rpms the uh the cylinder decided its day was done and uh it put a, a fist size hole in the front mm-hmm. of the engine block um and this was a a high comp built b20 with skunk two rods and pistons oh, no. and uh yeah so didn't really know what happened at first. It made a whole bunch of noise um, and pushed the clutch in and tried to stay offline. And I remember kind of freaking out, like, am I going to get in trouble? Like, I, I need to I need to get to the right spot on the track and um, try to stay off the line and coasted kind of as far as I could. And mm-hmm. that wasn't enough. Um, and they came out and had to tow me in. And we must have looked around underneath the hood for a good five minutes because I, I smoke screen everybody behind. Me. Um, there was so much smoke. Um, but there wasn't oil everywhere in the engine bay. And uh, sure enough, it had, was a cylinder wall failure. And uh, oh. it, 
pistons in two lumps. I can see it. I've got it sitting over on the, oh, the boy. chain right now on my workbench, but uh, it's um, it punched a big hole out on the front of the block and dumped all the coolant out right onto the header, which immediately vaporized it. Um, oh, that's where that uh, smoke screen came from. Absolutely. So I had frantically started calling uh, friends back home. Uh, you know, my wife had a vehicle that she could could tow me home with, um, or I could tow it home with. Because um, you drove and, the car there. Correct. So yeah, I was uh, I was yeah, pretty man. dedicated. Drove. Uh, this was the the event after I drove what ended up being a seven hour trip um, in my car with a four uh, nine final straight cut um, <laughs> from my house in Charleston, South Carolina, all the way up to, uh, to Brazelton, uh, Georgia to go run road Atlanta for the very first time wow. in March. And I tried to take B roads to stay off the highway just so I wouldn't be buzzing the motor so high going down the highway, um, trying to keep up with traffic at, you know, 70, 80 miles an hour mm. and B roads and kind of the, the slow route and, seven hours later i got there so i had my bike rack on the back and uh you know at this point the car had you know fixed back seats a roll bar um and uh you know ear protection on and the stereo up really loud and uh <laughs> it was a humbling experience to say the least so yeah i mean for the first uh first four weekends i was was driving my car to the the track um, I would drive there. I would would run the car all weekend and hope nothing happened, and then drive home. I and mean, uh, dude, you and me, we're we're both in that. <laughs> like uh, so many people uh, telling me not to do it, but you know, until it's, I get a tow rig, you know that that's uh, that's what's gonna be me with a helmet and <clears throat> driving out in a fully caged race car. Exactly, man. Hmm. You gotta chase your dreams, and I think that's that's one thing that. Uh, you know, that I think I realized kind of early on, like I, the, the feeling I got and the kind of just that, that absolute focus that the track driving demands, um, was the, the best drug I'd ever had. Um, <laughs> it, it really was, you know, I've, uh, you know, I've given up drinking alcohol and, and smoking cigarettes and, you know, I was never, never into anything else, but mm -hmm. it, uh, you know, it, it is, it is my addiction. It's my drug. Um, and you know, NASA is nice enough to, to give me an opportunity to kind of feed my need, you know, once a month, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, the, the anticipation, the buildup, um, you know, of a race weekend and going and getting on track and, and spending that time, not only, you know, on track and driving the car and, and trying to scare the bejesus out of myself and, and having fun, um, you know, it's that, that camaraderie, the time spent with friends, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's my family. It's my family away from my family. Um, yeah. I mean, dude, like it, it's, it's shocking to me still the amount of help that I get from, uh, you know, other Honda challenge drivers. I mean, from just what you're supposed to be doing out on track to like spare parts or stuff that you may need. I mean, there's, uh, parts in my car right now from other Honda Challenge drivers, including like spare tires and whatnot. But yeah, it, it's uh, they do a good job of uh, increasing um, or helping the habit. For sure, yeah. No, I mean they're they're definitely they've. Uh, and I think 
you know, everyone's going to say that their paddock's the best. I know the mid Atlantic guys, I got, I got an opportunity to meet those boys, um, at, uh, at Daytona this year. And oh, yeah. how was people. that by the way for you? Um, cause it was fun. I had a blast. I didn't drive. It was, uh, it was completely stress-free. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, Michael, um, Kramer. So he ended up pulling through in the clutch, um, that, that fourth weekend of, of my NASA journey. Um, and he towed me home and I ended up driving his race car on the street, two hours home. Um, and, uh, he, he, he got me home. He got my car to my house and, uh, wow. that had started a, um, an amazing friendship with him to the point where we, you know, we, <laughs> we bought a, a $300 EG coupe, um put chrome three spokes on it i love those three spokes by the way i, I was yeah. literally looking at those three spokes <laughs> for my daily driver wheels because i'm like oh i need to ugly this car up because these are everywhere <laughs> he's got a line on a set so we uh <laughs> it were it were new old stock believe it or not no um, way oh yeah um and he i remember getting that phone call and I was like, did you, did you have to call me? Like, you know what the answer is. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's dope. Yeah. I, I remember seeing them. Uh, and again, not an ad for Facebook marketplace, but dude, they popped up and they were like a hundred bucks for, um, for those, uh, three spokes. And I'm like, oh man, like there's nothing more nineties than those Chrome three spoke wheels. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think like, <laughs> lemons was even cool about it because we asked them we're like do we do we really have to take the center caps off and they were like absolutely not <laughs> um so, <laughs> but uh but yeah so mike um mike has been an amazing friend and and you know he is he is definitely more of a, a get in and drive it um and i am definitely more of a, a tinker you know i want to i want to turn wrenches and that's half the fun of the hobby for me is you know, coming up with some crazy creation in the garage and then, you know, um, testing it out and seeing if it works. But, um, so Mike had, uh, had talked about going to Daytona again, cause he had gone in 2019. And I said, I mean, yeah, like, I really don't feel like I'm, I, I want to go drive my car there. Um, you know, I just didn't feel like I was ready as far as pace was concerned and, you know, it was kind of out of my budget. Um, cause it is expensive. It's, uh, yeah. you know, it's not the nationals was definitely a bit more than one of our normal race weekends on top of, you know, getting down there and the fuel costs mm -hmm. and everything else. So, um, he had, uh, had offered to, to pay for my RV spot if I would tow his car down for him and uh you know hang out and support him for the weekend and, and kind of keep track of the car for him so he could focus on driving and, and everything else and didn't have the best showing um we were struggling with some issues with the car and we ended up changing a fuel pump on an ef um which if you've ever done that it's not fun um, yeah because that one you have to drop the entire tank right yeah absolutely so um dropping the tank on a uh a, you know an early 90s uh honda in the parking lot at uh you know in the <laughs> in the rv lot at uh at daytona is not the the, the most fun i've ever had <laughs> um you know but i i think the whole time we were laughing and joking and, and having a good time and i think that's that's really part of the uh kind of the appeal the alert 
of uh, of Honda challenges. You know, these guys, you know, the the Mid Atlantic guys would roll through and and you know come have a beer and share story and and uh, you know hang out and you know offer help and you know we got a, a bunch of uh, they had they had the Brazilian steaks one night over in uh, in the Mid Atlantic paddock, which was awesome. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was a great time. It was a lot of fun, and uh, it was nice to put to put names with faces. Um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to eventually getting out um, to the East Coast because I mean, like now that I've like with doing this podcast, I've gotten to meet a lot of people, and really, I. I've, with race ff i'm uh i run honda challenge so like i'm into hondas and i mean just meeting with um what is it just meeting all the other honda challenge drivers out there and seeing like the different stories and the different um setups that everybody runs and they're still like pretty competitive and pretty close it's just and and of course to like see some of the tracks that you guys run like road america and over in the Northeast, uh, Lime Rock, and all of those like really uh, iconic tracks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of neat that that Road Atlanta is like right in our backyard. It's uh, I mean, it's the longest haul for us out of Charleston. Um, mm-hmm. You know, five six hours, um, depending on uh, you know how fast you want to tow. But it's uh, it's <laughs> it definitely has a different feel um, for sure like showing up to CMP or, or Roebling, um, you know, they're, they're both super fun and, and great, great tracks, but you know, the, the scoring tower is nothing special and, you know, it's, there's not a whole lot of elevation change and you can definitely tell it's, it's a grassroots track, but when you, you turn the corner for the first time at, at road Atlanta um, and pull up to the gate and you're staring right at the bridge um, coming out of 10 B um, and running down, 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 down the hill to, uh, to 12 back onto the front straight. It's, um, it's pretty intimidating. It's, you know, I mean, that, that hill is serious. Yeah. And I recently started sim racing and, uh, to try and kind of build some race craft and, and really, you know, uh, stay sharp just when I'm not on track, you know, for, for normal events and, while it does a pretty good job, it still doesn't fully kind of relay the the intimidation factor. So yeah. it it's awesome, and uh, definitely looking forward to trying to get to some other places next year. Um, <clears throat> after <laughs> after uh, November's event, that might be a little bit uh, easier said than done. Um, so I had a bit... let, let's let's talk about November's event um, because you mentioned um, going through a couple engines. So what happened in November? So uh, with taking the summer off in the southeast, our last event was July. Oh, I hadn't been in the car um, since July, and right before the July event, I'd installed an M factory played a diff. Um, so for the first six months of the season, I was running open diff, um, and still managing to be somewhat competitive. Um, so at the end of July, I was leading the points race, um, after July going into, um, into nationals and I sat out nationals and, uh, we had two drivers down Mike and another Southeast driver. Um, and, 
they managed to jump ahead of me a little bit in points, but you know, CMP, if I, uh, I'd done a bunch of math and, and kind of ran through it and, and I had a shot still at, uh, at taking home the title and, you know, our, our paddock's kind of small, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of pride in that going out for your first year. And, uh, so I had signed up for the weekends and, I uh, was gifted the Friday. Um, and so took the car up there for Friday for testing tune. And we had a friend running uh, comp school um, or going through comp school up there to, to jump in a Honda challenge. And so we were there to help Braden um, as well as kind of shake down the car a little bit, see, get kind of more comfortable with the differential because um, it completely changes the car. Um, it is absolutely amazing the difference that that diff made. Um, and I remember talking to like Spencer Anderson and um, a couple other people online and um it it made it i mean huge absolutely mega difference in the car and that's um, they, a 1.5 way uh that you have i went with the one way um there's okay. a lot of debate forth um the one and a half way will kind of calm the car or well it won't calm the car down but it'll it, there's a there's a slight lock up on on diesel under braking um and i kind of mm. wanted the car freer um the thought process behind that is as you get more comfortable with a loose car um, you can get the car to rotate on entry, um, where it's a little bit harder to do that with a one and a half way. Um, so it really comes down to driver preference, but I know that kind of loose is fast, um, when it comes to front wheel drive, um, depending on how you're driving the car. Um, so, you know, I'm sure there's probably someone out there cringing at me saying that, but, um, you know, I can definitely feel the car. It's, I'm able to, you know, keep the same entry speed. Um, but my exit speeds are, are absolutely, you know, ridiculous compared to what it was before. Um, so I'm three, four or five mile an hour, um, on corner speed and, and, you know, and corner exit just because it's, it's sending power to both. Um, so if you haven't, (laughs) if you're a front wheel drive, uh, racer and you're on, I mean, even the stock diff, um, I got the chance to drive a stock diff, um, that Friday as well. And, it's it's comparable um but it's not as as violence a strong word <laughs> that plated diff is is something else i mean it sounds like the transmission is going to fall out of the car in the paddock um it sounds horrific it sounds like something's broken um but once you get on track it it completely calms down you don't even notice it there um you, you can't hear it um but you can absolutely feel it just suck the car into the apex um as soon as you get on throttle mm. um so lift off oversteer becomes easier to to initiate. I mean, you can you can really kind of play with the car and and kind of uh, and feel what that diff is doing um, just by getting on and off the throttle. And so had a, an awesome day um, running around the track and kind of getting back into things and feeling the car out and, and had fun and did the uh, a bunch of mock starts with the the comp school guys to try and get them. Mm-hmm prepared because there was a lot of thunder racers which in the southeast we run with the thunder group so it was kind of nice to see you know that that uh that run group grow a little bit and see who else is going to be on sharing the track with us and then the last session of the day was the standing start mock race that all the 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 comp schoolers had to finish and Mm -hmm. so i said yeah sure i'll go out for that and um card been fine all day no issues had solved a problem with uh 
my catch can because I was having problems with it overflowing because I was uh, picking up the ports from the back of the block, um, mm. which uh, making a mess of the engine bay, pouring oil all over the bottom of the car and, and just being, you know, it was miserable. Every session I had to clean it up. Um, so finally moved the ports up to the front of the uh, valve cover, worked perfectly, was getting the kind of stuff I should be getting out of the catch can. And yeah. I think that was the problem. Um, but got 25 minutes into that race and motor just let go. Um, really no warning was checking the gauges. Didn't see temperature spike. Um, and what engine was that? Cause this is your H2 engine, right? Correct. Yeah. So this is a, a B18C, but it's not the cool B18C. It's the, it's the, the JDM GSR. I think it came in an SIR. Um, okay. So it's a, uh, a P72 head, um, you know, 1.8 liter. So it's a, a JDM GSR motor. Okay. Um, so very, very similar to the C1, um, same cams and everything as far as I know. Um, there's a slight compression increase. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I say it's the wrong motor or not the cool motor because essentially it, it forces you to fall into the B18C regulations in H2. So. Yeah. It's, it'll never make the hundred and I think it's 180 or 190 horsepower that you can make with a B18C, um, without cams. And then at that point, I mean, you might as well just swap the whole thing over to a full type R build. So, uh, it, it worked fine. Um, you know, made plenty of power. I was competitive regionally. Um, but you know, it's never, it's not the best motor to have, um, that, you know, the B18C and B18C5, the true type R motors are really the kind of that sweet spot. It seems like, at least for now, um, in the H2 yeah. regulation. Yeah, from what I've been hearing, especially from like Chris, uh, who is the current uh, national champ, yep. um, was that, you know, a DC or an EG or an EK with a B18C5, the Type R engine, I mean, that's kind of like, that's winning, especially like on a high horsepower track. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be hard to beat. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the recipe. And, uh, you know, I mean, even considering these cars are, are momentum cars really at heart. I mean, you yeah. can you can try and make it not a momentum car, but that involves, you know, either a, a fully built K-series or forced induction, um, you know, but at, at its core, it's still a momentum car. So mm-hmm. you're going to have the most advantage of the most horsepower over all the other momentum cars because yeah. um, you're get to the next corner faster so um yeah that that c5 is is really where it's at or the the true type r motors um they're just getting harder and harder to find um and that's kind of the heartbreak of this so <laughs> it's um you know I, i'd finally gotten the whole kind of setup dialed at least from the motor um you know huge shout out to evans tuning um and jeff evans up there in pa he did a a, a street tune on my car um believe it or not and this was full cage full livery um <laughs> rolling around with uh ear on and uh, a laptop on a moving blanket in the passenger footwell and uh we we street tuned my car um so i'd go out and kind of mill around and and drive the car a little bit um and send him a tune or send him a log and uh he would send me back a, a revised tune calibration and upload that and, and kind of went back and forth and the the car went from um you know pretty quick you know it felt strong for what it was to what felt like a rocket ship um i feel like i picked up like five or ten horsepower so nice. 
uh, you know, if you don't have anybody local um, that is, uh, that's a solid tuner that really knows what you're doing, um, mm-hmm. definitely look at him. His pricing was super reasonable. Um, and he was, was super awesome to deal with. He really, you know, he truly understood. Like I said, you know, when I said it was a NASA H2 race car, um, you know, he knew, he knew what I needed, um, which was pretty yeah. awesome. And that that's huge because in the Honda community, you really deal with your, well, I mean, let, let's be honest. We're the minority in terms of, all right. It seems, all right. Sorry about that guys. We, uh, well, we being me, I um, need to do better maintenance on my uh, SD cards because uh, that one's full. <laughs> so we were just saying that uh, we are the minority when it comes to um, Hondas because road racing compared to drag racing, you have a lot of guys who are just, you know, tuning for high peak power. And for us, we're living very much mid-range and or mid-range in the power band and we need it to be reliable because we're flat out for 20 minutes in in our races so yeah yeah it's um you know and that that was kind of the beauty of being able to go with evans and and doing that remote tune um and but yeah i mean the car's been was was totally fine um it had been you know, flying all day. I felt like I picked up a lot of pace there. Um, you know, I, I was hanging with some of the spec iron guys. Um, oh, nice. Which, which, you know, was, I felt, I felt like I was, I was doing good. I, I don't have any data in the car. Um, so that's kind of a, a goal for 2022 is to, to start nice. getting some data acquisition and, and really kind of crunching the numbers. I'm, I'm extremely jealous of, uh, <laughs> EJ2 track rat and his uh, new AEF setup. <laughs> yeah, so Dylan uh, is definitely someone I've chatted with online and is Dylan's awesome. The best. Dylan, he's, he's a great ambassador for uh, for not only for NASA but for for Hana Challenge. So shout out to to EJ2 track rat, aka yeah. Dylan. So and just awesome. for him, a uh, horse. Yes, horse. <laughs> <laughs> Love that guy. So, but uh, but yeah, I mean so the car felt strong and, and felt good. And we got towards the end of that race and really it, I didn't have any warning. It felt like, um, and coming out of, uh, turn one, the car sounded a little loud, it sounded different. And, uh, two is, is flat. You're to bend to the right. It sets up three, which is a, a slight lift back on throttle. Um, and you know and track out and you're in third gear there and right at at you know at turn in i get back on throttle car gets loud um right at the apex it felt like um it it uh it just let go um you know loud kind of whirring um and then it shut off um so both feet in uh pitched it over to the right, dove off track, just past the exit corner or uh, curbing. Mm-hmm. Luckily the splitter shout out to, to eBay <laughs> and uh, the quick disconnect mounts. Um, they held held strong, no bends, nothing. Um, what what and, mounts are you uh, using? Cause now, now you're speaking my language in terms of eBay and <laughs> low bug stuff. Yeah. So um, they are the, the kind of the, the quick disconnects. Uh, splitter mounts um that go 
uh, the bolts up to the stock to hooks uh, locations on the front of the chassis. So Are it should the, work. The gold ones, I think they're like made by Max Speeding Rods or something like that. Yep. So there's the gold ones. I have black ones. They're all the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're all relatively the same. Um, but yeah. Uh, so have that attach those, you know, attach a, uh, I think it's a, a half inch um, ply, maple ply. Um, from uh, okay. good old Lowe's, Lowe's Speed Shop, and <laughs> trace it out to, to meet the regulations. Um, ordered some a roll of plastic from uh, Amazon through All Star Performance, um, mm-hmm. which is a stock car company, I think. They do like late model stuff. And a uh, couple, couple sweet L brackets and uh, that I made with some rivnuts nuts, and, and boom, you've got a splitter. So... Um, complete DIY projects and it completely unscathed, but boy, if it didn't cut down some sand hills. So they had recently <laughs> re- EMP probably uh, just over a year ago. Um, and uh, so a lot of the, the, the backfill, I guess, or the dirt from around the track was super soft. So there's a couple bomb holes and spots where folks are tracking out. Um, and uh, so a lot of soft ground and uh completely just chop one down so there's sand all in the engine bay um all over the suspension and stuff all in the bumper i think i dumped probably 10 pounds of sand off the front splitter um before we put it on the uh or before they towed me um because they were going to put it on the rollback it seemed like and then they were like ah we'll just flat tow it um so but yeah sitting there um you could see the catch can just completely puked out um crazy coming out of it and uh so haven't pulled the motor yet and disassembled but pulled the plugs two nights ago or last night and uh we've got one cylinder one and uh there's no strap left the mm-hmm. electro it's gone so yeah she's she's done so damn so what's um, gonna be the plan for next year are you going k are you still gonna try and maybe go b series or so that's the sad part was I wanted to be able to sell my V series as a running swap because it's worth oh, a whole lot. Oh man. Yeah. So, but, um, you know, times are a changing, right? So, uh, B series prices have gotten crazy. Um, yeah. it, you know, I think I paid from a, an importer on the East coast. I think I paid $2,200 for that, that long block, that the complete motor, um, when I bought it and that's all it was, was just a motor. And it was still, you know, $2,200 for that B18C GS or JDM GSR motor. Um, you know, the same engine today is 3,500 bucks. Um, yeah. you know, it's you've got almost type- cheaper to buy a four door Integra GSR automatic just for the engine. Absolutely. Um, you know, and hope that it doesn't need to be refreshed. Um, so it's, yeah, I mean, it's, and I've got, uh, you know, my buddy Mike has done that. He's got a four door Integra. It's a five speed at least, um, that he is now dailing. And that is his, that's his backup motor pretty much. Um, because you know, you can buy, he bought the car for, for, you know, that price. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a tough market right now. And, uh, you know, the, the, the B series, well, it's not fully dried up. Um, you know, there's motors out there, but it's getting that way. And, uh, so prices are going through the roof, man. It's, it's getting crazy. So I think the, the plan right now is to go with the K24 A1 or A4. Um, mm-hmm. so you're limited to 180 horsepower. 
Um, we've got another guy in the Southeast, um, John Putnam, who's running that setup and that car is, is proper quick. Um, it's fast for what it is. So yeah. I'm going to try and, um, you know, he's already reached out and helped out a bunch with kind of part selection and, and what to look for and, and showing me the way a little bit, um, you know, already researching so I can be an expert. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I'll overanalyze a ton of stuff. Um, you know, the good news is I kind of cut my teeth on the B series. So I really know what's, what's required. Um, mm-hmm. But the beauty of that K is, uh, you know, I mean, next week, LKQs across the country are going to be yeah. 40%. So oh, I'll go, that's right. Go plug me some race motors. Um, <laughs> I mean, it sounds funny, but, uh, you know, it's, you know, at this point with the cost of those motors and the, the availability, um, you know, what I'm hoping to accomplish is to be able to pick up a motor for, you know, $150, $200 on a half off weekend, throw, you know, a couple hundred bucks in the machine shop, um, you know, to make sure it's, it's, it checks out. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. and have a good flat surface for a new head gasket and everything else, put some rod bearings in it, um, crank bearings and, uh, re-ring the motor and, you know, send it out, slap it together, send it on its way. Um, let it go live at, at 7,000 RPMs for uh you know if it lasts me six months it's great because it's cheaper than a b-series yeah it's i mean i'm i'm probably going to be one of the holdouts for a good while for my d-series because it's just like to make those uh moves because yeah the the k-series is is great and everything and i mean once you go k the cost of going and getting another engine is is really where where the money and the savings come in, but the upfront cost is still pretty pricey. But yeah, it's really a a future cost, a future investment. Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, you're spot on. So that was kind of the plan was to to squirrel away some money and you know save up a little bit and have the uh, the ability to to kind of have the K ready to go or at least major components of it, and then sell off my set setup is a running setup um you know ecu everything all together like here you go done ready to rip and uh you know and and put that money back into into savings or or wherever i you know pull the money out of and um unfortunately that's just not going to be able to happen now which you know it is what it is um i think it's you know it's tough and i think that's that's one of the things that i think a lot of people are afraid of when they first put their car on track, you know, it's, you know, I was fully committed driving all the way to events and stuff. I mean, it sounds like yeah. you're doing the same thing and yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's scary. It um, is. you work really hard. You spend a lot of money on something and, uh, for it to, to, to kind of blow up and, you know, it's tough. It's, it's difficult to deal with. There's a, a, a kind of a wave of emotions that come along with that. So, I mean, this time I feel like I'm kind of an expert on it. So this is the third motor I've killed on track. <laughs> so it's, uh, it gets easier, um, <laughs> to deal with, but it's still frustrating. You know, I, I think it was, uh, kind of, and, and was that, that a built engine or that was just like one of those JDM imported and then straight from the, Yep, straight from the importer, popped it in there, put a tune on it. It's got a Skunk 2 manifold, um, which is allowed by the rules. Um, I was still running RDX injectors that I had in there from my um, my Bill B20. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, um, 
Yeah, that's that that motor is the reason why I started racing racing H2. So when I first showed up at NASA, I had that built B20 motor, and uh, it, it wouldn't make me legal um, yeah. for H2. Well, once that motor pops, um, you know, I'd already met all of the kind of the key players in the Honda Challenge paddock down here in the southeast and um when they caught wind that i had bought a uh, a jdm gsr motor they were like well that makes you legal for age two and i i kept you know singing my song i'm not going to race wheel to wheel and i got no aspirations to do any of that stuff and you know i don't want to get into lo and behold here we are looking at your uh race car log all of your <laughs> stuff in there and and dude like i've followed a lot of what you've done in it's really impressive the like quality of work that you've done, and again, uh, real bootstraps uh, level of a build, and I those are the things that really catch my eyes when somebody does like, you know, good work with a limited quantity of stuff, and this doesn't have to be the prettiest stuff out there, but as long as you know you take care of it and you care about it, it it really shows. I yeah. wish we could talk about your van. A little bit more, but it's dude, we've already done an hour, and uh, yeah, I mean, dude, I, I I love the van that you were you're rocking. Um, sadly, I live in a place where we have to go through this giant hill, the grapevine. So I don't right. know if I can uh, afford to have a van like that to get up there. I would have to do a lot of uh, building and working on it. So. Power of the seven three man. The uh, the van's a bit of it. The van's the van is a bit of a unicorn. So I know we're we're short on time. Yeah, but yeah. Real cool thing was, um, prices have gone through the roof on that stuff too. Um, and I just found it the right van at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, half the price of a pickup truck. Um, and which allowed me to get an open trailer, which was half the price of an enclosed trailer. Mm-hmm. Um. And I said, I mean, the, the biggest struggle with the van so far has been finding a place to keep it. Um, my wife is not too fond of it. So if you go to my <laughs> see why my wife is not too fond of it. Um, but the inside's amazing. Uh, yeah, so no, it's awesome. It was completely different from anything that I've ever done on, on a car build, um, which was, was really fun. I got to kind of tap into my, my uh, carpentry. Uh, skills a little bit um, and uh, you know, hardwood floors, uh, shiplap. I mean, I tried to make Chip and Joanna proud um, on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's, it's a great place to stay at the track. Um, it, it stays warm in the winter, cool in the summer. Um, so super fun, but yeah, it's I, uh, I never thought I would have a van that I sleep in and uh, lo and behold, I bought a Honda and here we are. So yeah, um, that, that is dope. And um, I don't know if you've listened to previous episodes, but me and a couple buddies uh, drove around in Japan in a van and uh, slept in this uh, camper van that we had. And we nice. toured all of like southern Japan and just going through. At some points, we were even in front of a 7-Eleven sleeping there because they have a 24-hour uh, bathrooms. So nice. Yeah, I haven't done the, uh, the overnight in like a... Um... In like either a truck stop or Walmart parking lot yet, mm-hmm. but uh, hopefully 2022 is the year. So I'm going to try and, and go run. Um, Jack Cabetto had reached out last year about trying to run up at Summit Point, which is where I grew up. Um, so I grew up outside of DC. 
So I want to start making some trips this year. So, um, you know, while the, the motor popping last month or a couple weeks ago was, was kind of a letdown, um, you know, I'm not going to let it slow me down. I, I feel like I've, I've, I've gone so far and progressed so much in my first year that I can't let something like that slow me down. So we're going to, we're going to keep pushing forward. Hopefully I'll have a, uh, a motor or two by the end of next week. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, try and make it back on track, um, you know, in the, the beginning of next year. So, you know, as long as, uh, as long as I keep the, the wife and kids happy and, and, uh, you know, they'll keep letting me kind of chase my dreams. <laughs> Definitely, man. And I really look forward to um, going out and then uh, meeting some of you guys out there. And I don't know, maybe uh next nationals, even if I, uh, I don't know where it's going to be, but maybe I'll just uh, fly out there and just hang out with people and uh, record some podcasts. That'd be dope. Yeah, man. That would be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, uh, I know the West coast has kind of their, uh, their Honda challenge crew, but you know, there's a lot to be said about the, the Texas guys, the mid Atlantic guys. I'm trying to reach South. out to those Texas guys, but no one, no one responds. I, I mean, I guess the only reason or the only time I saw them respond was when uh, the Mid-Atlantic guys were talking smack about running them. <laughs> Meme War 2021 was pretty, pretty, pretty stout. That was, um, that was, that was something to behold. Uh, it, uh, it definitely, it lived up to the hype. I will reach out to, um, and I'll call them out by name too. I'll reach out to Jeremy Ziegler and to Dane, um, or not Dane. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the guy so. with the Integra that was uh, with no arrow that was going to run on everybody. Yeah. Oh, so, um, uh, Scott, uh, uh, Scott Davidson, driver training, <laughs> I think Scott. Yeah, something like that. But no, but uh, there's a uh, yeah, it's Dane. So mm-hmm. he's got a, a CRX um, with uh, that looks awesome. The thing is killer. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have Die too. So Die is out of Texas as well. So one of those guys will jump on here, man, for sure, and let you. Put got going on down in because uh, they've got a great group of people um lots of you know that same kind of family feeling um you know that, that christopher you know uh michael's explained it's you know it, it doesn't matter what paddock you go to across the country you're always going to find a good time with the honda guys yeah um so i think it's what makes these cars so special because it's yeah. not necessarily the drive it's it's everything that comes along with it that, that makes it that much greater so yeah and you know um just talking about like how how we keep this party going and it's uh, really sharing these experiences and it's kind of one of the reasons why I really like doing this podcast is sharing you know the stories of all of these different areas that are doing really cool stuff and hopefully somebody who just hasn't met Honda Challenge people or hasn't had the opportunity to talk to somebody is able to you know, just hear hear these stories and go like, oh man, I'm not that far away from so and so. Maybe I'll I'll go to one of the events and um you know, meet them and talk to them and then lo and behold we have another Honda Challenge racer and that's the only way we're gonna keep this uh field growing and maintaining. Yeah. I mean if you've got folks that have made it this far, I will issue a challenge. If you don't race um, and have never done an asset event, but you're listening to this podcast, clearly you're you're interested. So get off your butt, drive to a track when there's an event going on, and go say hi to some people. Um, 
and I guarantee you're going to make a friend. Oh, hell yeah. If you already race yeah. <laughs> and you still have a license plate on your car, go to a <laughs> coffee. Um, go to a cars and coffee, go to a, a, a local Honda meet, um, go recruit, get out in the streets, um, go, go find people because this is too much fun to not share it with everybody. Exactly. Um, it is an absolute blast. Like I said before, it's the, the greatest drug I've ever had. It's amazing. <laughs> and I want to, I want to share it with everybody. It's so yeah. much fun. Um, and as you can see, I can, <laughs> I can talk, talk about it for hours. Amen. Um, I'm here trying to get content out for people, so I really enjoy it. And, you know, guys follow his Instagram. I follow it religiously, and it's uh, really dope to see just the craftsmanship and level of work that you do. Um, and, yeah, you don't have the b most uh, baller parts, but you keep it clean, though, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And, yeah, it's uh, I've been a little slow to uh to post recently um just because i haven't really done a whole lot with the car but that should change here in a, a couple weeks as we start transitioning over to k series um so gonna try and do my best to document a lot of it um and, uh, and keep everybody up to date on uh kind of what's going on with the car because i think there's a lot of people that are going to make this jump soon um or yeah. folks that are getting into it that yeah, are kind of definitely to build a, a competitive K-Series car um, within the H2O rules. So try yeah. and add a little bit and help out the community. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. And with that, guys, I will see you next Monday. Mm -hmm.